Hi, my name is Antonia Dominguez. And I'm Linda Coogan. And you're listening to Wine, Wine, the the Long and the the Short short of it. In this episode, we want to talk about wine styles. In other words, um, everybody has a preference. Everyone has a go-to wine. Mm -hmm. And um, there are a lot of consumers out there who go into a supermarket, they go into a store and they go directly for their Pinot Grigio or their Sauvignon Blanc, their Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc and so on. So um, we want to talk about what you think your wine style is and how you might be able to broaden your wine horizon. Okay, I like that. Um, Yes, it's very easy to get stuck in a wine rut um, and go to the same few wines over and over again, be it because you are unsure what you want to, you're unsure of your style, um, you recognise a brand and you trust it, um, or you just haven't a clue and you just want to pick up something that you know will tick the box for your budget. Um, So basically getting to know your style or the flavour profile that you enjoy. Um, It takes a little bit of time and experiments. You need to experiment and you need to take the time out to actually pay attention to what you're having and open and awaken your senses to what you are discovering, I suppose. Yeah. Totally. Um, I think it's a really good point about experimenting and I think people are reluctant to do that because wine is expensive. Oh God, yeah. So the last well, thing you want to do... in Ireland. Like, especially in Ireland. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do is buy a bottle of wine and you're not really sure if you're going to be into it. Which is why I think understanding your style and what other options are available within your style preferences is really useful. Which is something that we implemented in Donnybrook Fair where I work in one of our stores just to trial it out and the response has been really strong. Okay, People come in and they say oh this is fantastic this makes sense because if I am into say um, like a really dry crisp Riesling or Chablis um, I'm in the kind of crisp and lean section as we call it and there's all these other there are all of these other options Um, And you have a little bit more confidence and a little bit more reassurance that, okay, if I spend my money on one of these other bottles, at least I know I'm going to I have to, you know, enjoy it because it's it's ticking some of my boxes as such. Okay, so how do people kind of I suppose I love the idea of that. um, And I suppose we might have to get into a bit more detail about understanding what crisp means what lean means and and things like that to to try and make it easier for people to go oh that's what I I mean by that let's go through it okay Okay. so starting for me I start on the lighter bodied and I work my way through to fuller bodied starting on the lighter bodied I'm thinking dry and when I say crisp I mean you have sort of high acidity um, mouth watering mouth watering refreshing you've got more kind of the green Mm flavours and citrus notes going on so quite lean in its character Um, you you know you're not going into super ripe exotic fruits you're more on the green apple you know lemon lime um, lime leaf herbaceous yeah think about a Gruner Veltliner you've got kind of real zestiness peppery notes so you're you're going you know citrusy crisp high acidity and those wines tend to pair really well with your seafood options and 
So they might cover things like, obviously, Chablis, we said dry Rieslings, Gruner Valtliners, a Sancerre, so Sauvignon mm-hmm. Blanc in general, but a Sauvignon Blanc from Sancerre, I think, is more crisp yeah. than one from Marlborough or New Zealand or in general, which are more that, aromatic. Mm-hmm. Um Shannon Blanc, seriously high acidity, especially but be careful with Shannon because it can because come you can have a sweeter sweet, version. Exactly, yeah. I mean a dry one. Mm-hmm. But then you have other one, options like uh, Greece, Assertico. Yes, really dry and crisp and refreshing. And now and you can it, even buy one in Little these days, a, a really a nice Assertico. Um, so yeah, that's what I mean by crisp and lean. Okay. So I would start there. Okay, and then I say I go into um, aromatic and floral. So aromatic, we're talking about floral notes. We're talking about lots of aromas, um, blossom notes and nice kind of sort of ripe fruit notes. So straight away, I'm thinking of Sauvignon Blanc, maybe from Marlborough, can be quite aromatic. Sauvignon Blanc in general can be quite herbaceous and yeah, on the nose. And then you have things like a Wurzstraminer. We talked about this rose petals, Turkish mm-hmm. delight, um, Muscat, anything made from the Muscat grape, orange blossom, you know, grapey notes. I know it's kind of funny, isn't it, to say that a wine smells like grape. It's, we you rarely use the grape. Yeah, Muscat no, you never a, say it tastes yeah. like a grape. Um, so, so basically, again, just for people listening, Gewurztraminer. If you stick your nose in a Gewurztraminer, you're never going to forget smelling one. You know, the profile of that is Turkish Delight, Rose Petal, all of that. And it's you you won't forget it. Whereas a lot of the other grapes is kind of, you know, you have to do a little bit of digging, a little bit of work to find um, the the profile of aromas and flavours. But obviously, I I don't mean to be in any way sound silly here, but like, why (laughs) do they have, why would it taste like or smell like flowers? Like, why would it be more aromatic than your suave or anything? It's all to do with phenolic compounds and flavour precursors in the grape. Oh, sorry, what? But it is, though. <laughs> no, but people don't believe us when we say, oh, you can get Turkish Delight from yeah, a grape. Yeah, and yeah, then, they, yeah. then they smell and they go, actually, I can pick that out. Yeah. Um, and these are, I suppose, the, an inherent characteristic of the grape variety. It's nothing to do... Well, I think it has to be nurtured in the right environment to mm-hmm. really bring out the inherent characteristics of that grape. There are grape varieties that just are more aromatic by nature than others. This is something that people have to really practice and kind of when you taste a wine, just get, you know, we're going to have a download sheet that people can access if they're on our newsletter that will describe all of these kind of terms and give you a better idea of mm-hmm. what to look for and um, visual aids to help you see the profile of flavours that you may like for your own style. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, it'll be really useful mm-hmm. um, to help you. Mm-hmm. So another style I like to call out is what I call ripe and often round styles of wine. Um so more stone fruit character, very ripe fruit character, usually associated with warmer climates and hence would tend to have slightly a higher alcohol, uh, more body, um, but can often be quite elegant as well when matched with fresh acidity. So I'm thinking of wines like uh, Macon Luni and Pinot Grigio. Sorry, are you talking about this being a ripe style? Yeah. All right. Well, um, well, what would you define a, P- a Pinot Grigio as? I don't know. Like Pinot Grigio to me can be quite 
bland unless it's it is but it's ripe by nature yeah yeah so pear and madeline and yeah okay okay like Sorry. i would never put a pinot grigio into dry and crisp and lean okay because it's it doesn't have and i that, wouldn't yeah. put it into aromatic and floral because no, it's not it's got not. the you okay, know okay. the aromatic qualities okay, okay and then you go to italy and there's a whole host of great varieties that tick this box as well so you could think about like you know grillos and um, Fiano you know and Fianos like and Falangina okay. and Godellos oh, yeah. Yeah, Verdejo yeah, yeah. is an interesting one it can be really ripe there's a Bassa from um, Tano uh, Rodriguez yeah, yeah. which is one. really nice and ripe uh, other Verdejos can be they call more it more of a, a bitter note to it as yeah, a bit more fruity. herbaceous yeah, yeah, and herbace, they say yeah. that it's a really nice alternative for Sauvignon Blanc yeah, drinkers I totally agree with that so B-E-R-D-E-J-O Verdejo Say it again, Antonia. Verdejo. 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 There you go. Yeah. You're getting Spanish lessons. You're getting spelling <laughs> spelling lessons. Spelling lessons. <laughs> There's no end. Okay. To, anyway, to, uh, yeah, back to the styles. The last one of the whites um, we have is rich and toasty, which is the one that you love and you always um, Bang on refer about. to. Sorry about that. Yeah, no. I'm but it's such an too. extreme, isn't it? Can you give it? us like, an example of some of your favourite rich and toasties? Um, there is a wine called, I think it's called La Villette, something like that. Um, and it is, it's only a van de France. Like it's only, it's not anything from a particular region. The grapes are grown around Paris and it is got some beautiful oak, really, really toasty, rich, but not over the top. It's only 15 quid. This is my recommendation, by the way. Okay, before yeah. you go there, yeah. can we just talk about the atyp- sorry, the typical rich and toasty styles? Much um, more depth to them, more concentration, more full-bodied, more flavour, more body in your mouth, weight and, and lots of toast and vanilla and even coconut notes as well. Like, you know, yeah. but again, these wines still, they sound kind of ripe and rich, but they have that fresh acidity that you need for this wine not to be just like, you know, in your mouth, that it's refreshing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Have you got any that you love? There, there are three that come to mind. One is three. The, yeah. <laughs> DMZ. Chenin well, we Blanc. both adore this style of wine. Don't we, we really appreciate this style. Yeah. I mean, and it, it has not place. T- yeah, but it yeah. took a while for us to get up to that. I don't think you'd start off with this kind of wine. No, and I think that um, the whole thing about this style of wine is that it's not something you're going to drink on its own. And it's not something you're going to, um, you know, it's not a, like a pre-dinner drink. It's something no. that definitely needs food. For me, three ones that I would um, that I would go to, DMZ, Chenin Blanc. South African one? Yeah, yeah. fabulous. Um, the Neport Reserva Branco, very Burgundian style, and Sean Smith Chardonnay. So those Adelaide would be... Hills, yeah, that's Adelaide Hills, one. yeah. But these ones Love are them. all and going to be around the 30 plus mark. Well, the um, Chenin Blanc might be 20, but the point about these, maybe 20, yeah, 22 to 30, but the point about these um, wines for me is that they're not overly oaked and they manage to maintain a kind of a an elegance to them and a, a sort of a restraint so there's oak but there's it's really well integrated it adds complexity but it's not all about like you know really brash vanilla notes Antonia because we have been talking about wine styles here i have created a quiz about various grape varieties surprise, how does that surprise. sound <laughs> my favorite thing to do yes so we don't have a timer okay. this time. I'm actually going to just describe 
uh, a grape as best I can. I want you to take your time. Let me read it all. Okay, so no jumping in with the answer because we know you know them all. Okay, this is so that the uh, listeners... I wouldn't be making any assumptions, Linda. <laughs> so the listeners can appreciate the styles of wines that we're talking about. So we're going to try and use the language that we have used already, like aromatic and floral, uh, crisp and lean, etc. Okay, okay, and this is just for whites, is that just right? Just for whites because okay. we're going to be covering reds in another episode Brilliant. because there's lots more to talk about. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. You find me in the Loire Valley. In my dry state, I am lean and crisp. I sometimes have an unusual aroma, which is described as wet wool. I have high levels of acidity, which means I can be used to make dry, off dry, sweet or even sparkling wines. Who am I? You are Shannon Blanc. Correct. Is there anything else you'd like to say about Shannon Blanc? Wow. Okay. So Shannon Blanc is um, actually I love Shannon Blanc. Can I just start with that? Um, I think it's very underrated and unexplored grape variety by by a lot of people. Um, Loire, uh, as you say, is an origin where you get a real diversity of styles. So you get the real crisp, dry styles, really high acidity um, and uh, lovely green. A green apple is kind of a flavour that I associate a lot with Chenin Blanc. Um, and then you have all the lovely, the sweet styles, as you say, off dry into into sweet with your with your Vouvray's, which are gorgeous sweet wines. Uh, and then we find the other origin for Chenin Blanc typically is South Africa. Where it's known as Steen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, love Chenin. Okay. Yep. I am an aromatic grape with pink skin. I am considered the Marmite of wine. Known for my distinctive aromas and flavours of Turkish delight, rose petals and lychee. Pair me with Thai cuisine um, or with exotic spices. I am... Gewürztraminer. Good. Okay, I'll give you one or two more. Okay. Or three. I have loads. <laughs> I, can, I can share that oh, you can, if you want. You can, okay. No, go on, you keep going. Um, okay, so I am a very versatile aromatic grape. I am... Aromatic, again, <laughs> and I prefer to be grown in cooler climates such as Mosul Valley um, or Eden Valley in Australia. I can be dry or sweet or anything in between. That would be Riesling. I am best known, grown in Italy. Uh, I have aromas of lemon pear. I usually am made to be consumed in my youth. I'm a very safe bet. I won't offend anyone and I'm generally unoaked. Mm-hmm. Pair me with simple pasta dishes and salads. Pinot Grigio. Very good. Uh, rock your world, Pinot Grigio. No, but it's very popular for good reason. Mm-hmm. It's easy drinking. It's uh, simple in style. It's fruit forward, which a lot of people appreciate about about it. And um, it is, as you say, a safe bet. So I know it's kind of probably not going to rock anyone's world. Um I'm just trying to think of the last Pinot Grigio that I, I enjoyed. I think it was the Franz Haas. Okay. Not familiar with that one. Yeah. Which was quite nice. And yeah. I was in that winery up in um, Alto Adige. It was quite nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like that, I think it, probably that one was a bit more textured at that time in the Lees. We're not going there. So... <laughs> No, we're not. No. This is about grape varieties and, okay. and their style for the moment. I was okay. just going to say that I, I have to say I'd be more of a fan of Pinot Gris. Um, and the one that comes into my head is the Kim Crawford Pinot Gris from New Zealand. And I just find oh, okay. them a bit more perfumed and a bit more elegant. Um, I actually have a little note on Pinot Gris here. Actually, I described it as being more opulent. 
Okay, Would yeah. that be fair yeah, to I say? I think that's fair. Yeah, I think it's more fruit forward. Um, yeah. yeah, so, and it can be kind of slightly off dry style as well. Yeah, but um, I would say a little bit more aromatic. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay, okay. So Pinot Grigio. Great. Pinot Gris. Uh, let me see now. I am crisp and lean with flavours of green apple, white pepper spice. Pair me with crab, pork chops with apple sauce or schnitzel. I would say Gruner Veltliner. The Wouldn't schnitzel was the schnitzel. one that really gave it away. Austria's uh, famous Gruner Veltliner. Yeah. Gruner felt leaner. I felt leaner before I had one. <laughs> sorry. Oh, I know. Sorry. I have to say that. <laughs> That's how I remember trying to spell it. Felt Leaner. Like, yeah, yeah, leaner. Okay. okay so how did you describe it? Uh, crisp and lean yep. uh, flavours of green apple and white pepper spice. Yeah, so I not black pepper, like mm. white pepper, just a delicate little bit of spice. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? A high acidity, absolutely high acidity. Okay. Do you want me to ask a few or call out a few? You can do. Before our listeners fall asleep. Now, I hope you can understand my... Okay, let's see. <laughs> Your typed writing. <laughs> my typed I'm sure yeah, the way I'm, I'm sure I manage <laughs> the way I'm trying to say things. You will often see the word trocken on the label to describe me. I am generally lower in alcohol here than other regions. I am a dry German Riesling. You're not supposed to. Oh, say <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay you're, that's one. really funny. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So again, though, trocken on the label meaning dry. Yes. And that's why it's a German Riesling. And lower, lower alcohol. Okay. So in, don't say the last part. Sorry, the last okay. part is the answer, all right? <laughs> okay. In Napa Valley, I thrive with the warmer climate. I have an affinity with oak and here I produce round, rich wines full with toasty flavours. Pair me with roast chicken, creamy chicken and leek pie. <laughs> you are. <laughs> so creamy chicken and leek pie. <laughs> uh, you're a Chardonnay from California. Very good. Now, I am one of the few grapes that is described as grapey in flavour. While I can be dry in style, I, I also shout make it out. sweet dessert wines. I am aromatic and floral. I am muscat. Very good. Wine recommendation, Linda, this week? So, since we are talking about wine styles, I have chosen a... Wait for it. What is it going to be? Drumroll. <laughs> Who knows Drumroll. me very well? <laughs> It is a barrel fermented Chardonnay, Jordan barrel fermented Chardonnay from South Africa. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like this wine. It is one that is uh, deliciously ripe, um, quite intense. It has gorgeous citrus fruits and a butterscotch note to it as well. Um, And you get that because it is fermented partially in old oak and partially in new oak barrels. So it adds that texture and complexity and richness to the palate. Um, it's one that I often show at um, tastings because it's it's different with that barrel fermented, not just in stainless steel. They they do the whole work, but it's really elegant at the same time. So it's about 22 to 25 euro. Um, it is Fev are the importers of this particular wine and it is available in good independent wine shops um, and some supermarkets as well. And the other thing I'm going to say, just be careful because they actually have a second wine as well, which is Jordan Chardonnay that isn't barrel fermented. Um, So just be careful. It's only tiny little writing. So if you like the style that this sounds like, go for the barrel fermented. It's a really great style to have with roast chicken and, and creamy dishes and things like that. So, yeah. Okay, lovely. What about you? Your recommendation? 
This week, my recommendation is uh, Gaba Dozil Godello, made by the very famous Telmo Rodriguez, who's a genius winemaker from Spain, in my opinion. Very nice. And uh, Godello is very up-and-coming. Godello. Very up-and-coming grape variety, a beautiful grape variety. It um, comes from the northwest of Spain, around the region of Galicia, so next door to, you know, your Alvarinos and so on. Except um, I find Godello is rounder than your Alvarinos. Uh, it kind of veers into the stone fruits as well, and it tends to have um, lovely stony minerality, depending on where it comes from. This one comes from the Dio of Valde Orras. Orras. Uh, well done. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I was throwing oh. your bone there. <laughs> and um, this particular one is, it's fresh, it's not oaked. Um, it delivers grapefruit, pear, white floral notes, even some herbal notes, thyme. Mm, it has really nice. quite nice texture. I think it's aged on the lees for, for some time. And again, that mineral freshness, um, lovely, refreshing acidity. Just a, a delightful wine. Um yeah, filled with lots of nice little complex Sounds like notes. you could totally drink it on its own as well. You don't need food I, with that. Absolutely. Uh, this is a wine that I can tip, tip away at on its own. Um, but if you are going to pair it with food, it can handle sort of heartier seafood options because of that roundness and okay. that little bit of complexity and it tends to have more co- intensity. Um, so scallops, crab, lobster, halibut, lobster, you know, as you do on a Tuesday night. <laughs> lobster thermidor, anyone? <laughs> For dinner. And your Kids, scallops as we're well. We're having lots of time. <laughs> um, so halibut maybe. Yeah, or say prawns, crab claws and garlic butter, that yeah. kind of thing. Because okay. as I said, it's just, it's got the texture to the body. To the chunkier fish. Exactly. Okay. And also I would do this with, with roast chicken, with your roast chicken. Oh yeah. yeah. At least I, I haven't had that particular one in ages, but I adore Telmo. Me and him go way back. Yeah, I do love you? <laughs> yeah. Like you and Tim? Or is this just another stalker <laughs> case, Linda? <laughs> Um, um, moving on <laughs> uh, just to mention um, price point around 17 euro I've seen it in tw- at 20 um, but we sell it at 17 that's not bad and at all at all yeah for what it is I think it's it's um, exceptional value and it is imported by LaRousse LaRousse wines very nice excellent sounds like a lovely wine to try you have been listening to Wine the Long and the Short of It with me Antonia Dominguez and me Linda Coogan Subscribe to and share our podcast with your wine-loving friends. Cheers. Thanks.